literally I can't stand it. It's like I don't know if I'm if I'm like sick sick or if I'm if it's COVID or whatever it is. I always get sick around the holidays, which is why I'm like the worst person in the world around this time of the year because I always get like ill around Thanksgiving and Christmas, and it's just a miserable time for everybody. And now my anxiety is just like perma spiked because of the current affairs of today. Yeah, man. I have like a lot of family gatherings coming up that are just to keep it very simple. I can't get out of these. These are the obligatory ones that you can't, yeah. you have no way of getting out of. And uh, I just, I'm basically <laughs> guaranteed. I am guaranteed to catch a shiny Omicron at this, at this stuff, dude. Like <laughs> guaranteed, bro. You're, uh, you're too, I too uh, enjoy uh, Omicron Period 5 from Future. Dude, Roma, Omicron so. is like the, the mega evolution of Delta and, and COVID. <laughs> that sounds like a Pokemon, dude, the Omicron. <laughs> it it kind of does. Wasn't that a Transformer? That, yeah. I'm going to catch that shiny Omicron, bro. We go to this funeral, catch that Omicron, and dip. Yeah. This is, <laughs> what, what, a, what a time to be alive right now, truly. Yeah, dude. Um, all right. So we did it. We made it. The end of the <laughs> yeah. year. Yeah, we did it, guys. Here. We're finally here. We made it to the end of the year, and we made it to the end of the podcast. This is the final episode of the Glentendo podcast. I'm Glentendo. Welcome to the show. You came. If you're just starting to listen now, boy, you have the worst timing of all time. <laughs> you just walk right in yeah. during the ending of the movie. <laughs> you, you get to um, see yeah. the after credits scene at least. Yeah, yeah. And that's um, it. But this was a weekly Nintendo slash Smash Community Big Galaxy Brain podcast, and uh, this week we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We're going to find. We're going to put the nail in the Smash Brothers coffin. Um, we're going to talk about the year in general in terms of like our favorite games from. 2021 as Nintendo fans. And then we're also going to talk about, you know, 2022 and what to look forward to. And uh, there won't be any podcast for those, those games. So this is probably the only play time where we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff. And joining me again, of course, returning champions, exquisite gamer, Mr. AJ air Gordon himself, air Gordon. How are you? Hi everyone. I'm warm now. (laughs) (laughs) Love that for you. Yeah, um, and that familiar voice, you guys all love him, Mr. Kyle Rios, Koopa, the host of the Koopta podcast. Koopa, how are you today? Did you have the Omicron salad? What'd you do? Tell me, bro. Uh, I have since avoided the Omicron salad, uh, despite traveling to final boss COVID land, Florida, this past weekend. Uh True. I've uh, I took a rapid test uh, when I got back. Came back negative. Gonna get a proper gotta test. Go fast, bro. I gotta I gotta go fast. <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. Um, <clears throat> still trying to again. If you heard my anxieties at the beginning of the podcast, not <laughs> I do not have COVID. Just a cough. Please stop staring at me. Um, I promise <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, but other than that, I'm good. I'm doing good. Dude, coughing in public now during a pandemic, it's like you said the N-word, bro. It's like every <laughs> oh every he- every head turns. You could stop. You could stop traffic, bro. You could stop like a mall. Like a pin you'll hear a pin drop. Like everyone's everyone's head just turns in unison to look at the guy who has the weird cough. Like the exorcist neck twist. Like people doing full owl 360 head spins. To find out who's the guy coughing. Dude, I was at a movie theater. Um, this is before Omicron, Omicron dropped, right? So no one knew about that yet. And it was like 
It was like before the summertime. It was like when we were just starting to feel comfortable. Some people were vaccinated. Some people weren't. I went to this movie theater and some dude started like coughing like crazy. Like he was like hacking up a lung, dude. And the entire movie theater just – you could see people trying not to look. Like they were trying to like stop themselves from turning their head to not look. Everyone would stop what they were doing at a second. Like it was, dude, it was crazy. It was like a superpower. So like you could just stop time. <laughs> Your superpower was, dude, just he's in a cough in public. Everyone's in a stop. And then we run it. <laughs> Honestly, relatable. It's like, again, I spent a lot of time like, like in public this weekend, like whether it be like traveling or like, you know, in from places where like I, you know, I'm going to be seeing a lot of front facing people. And it's just like, man, like I, 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 like I felt the anxiety. I'm just like, I promise I'm fine. Like I need to like wear a t-shirt that says like, Hey, I promise I'm okay. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm truly excited to, uh, I, I, I'm hoping that this is hopefully the last of it. Uh, you know, I, I've been double vaxxed and base boosted for like almost two months now. So I am, uh, <laughs> The DDD base boost. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I my vaccine blew out the speakers in James's car. Uh, oh so. my god, that's so funny. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's a funny way to describe it. Base boosted. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Omicron aside, we'll put that aside for now, and and we'll we'll actually talk about some games. Um. This is the end of a lot of stuff, right? So, like, you know, hopefully this is the end of COVID. Hopefully this is the last major variant that's in a drop or whatever. But And obviously this is the last episode of the podcast. And we're at the end of the year. And, of course, Smash Ultimate just got its last character uh, last month. But it also got, earlier this month, on December 1st, the last patch for the game. This is the final balance patch for the game. So... Then patch 13.0.1, it's the final time that fighters' moves got adjusted, strengths and weaknesses got rebalanced and stuff. So now that we reached – because, like, obviously this podcast has been so much, like, about Smash Brothers since we're, you know, we're in the competitive community. We play this game competitively. We like it casually, but we also appreciate it on a much deeper level than most people. And, like, Kyle, you literally get paid to fly around the country. Like, I haven't seen you forever because you've been around commentating – these massive, giant, awesome tournaments. Um, so true. I think it's a good. I think it's a good time for us to like. I think the one of the best things we could do on this last episode is like give our final thoughts on where the meta of the game is. So we're gonna give you guys, based off of this final patch, there will be no more adjustments to these characters. What our top five characters are and our bottom three characters are in the game right now. Like these are the Ooh. characters that we think are the best. And here are the characters we think are the worst. And everyone else is kind of in the middle somewhere. Um, so yeah, let's start with uh let's start with AJ. AJ, I want you to I want you to reveal your top five on this. Okay. What All do right. you got? I, I have a feeling that my first character is gonna be on everyone's list. Because <laughs> you can't miss him. It's Rob. Yeah. He's so big. <laughs> yeah. True. Literally you can't miss him. But oh my god. I, I used to think like like, no, Rob Big, not like as a meme, but I mean, like, actually, like, because he's a bigger character, he has problems and disadvantages and stuff and, like, getting down. But now I realize, wait, if he doesn't want to come down, he doesn't have to. You know, he could he could stall <laughs> up there a long time with up B and, yeah. you know, shift his momentum with, like, back air or down air or something. And then there, it's a pretty big hitbox. You can't really challenge it. You can really only get, like, a consistent punish if you block it or, or parry it. 
it's not the hardest move to parry in the world, not the easiest, sort of in the middle, but yeah, I think that coupled with like it can be really hard to actually try to edge guard him makes his disadvantage better than I initially thought. So I'm definitely like uh, I'm on the Rob hype train, if, a hype if you want to call it that. I don't know, but like my eyes have been opened up. Rob, Rob's a menace. <laughs> I'm 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 happy to hear that because I was one of the early people like a year ago who was thinking I don't want to spoil my list, but Rob is uh Rob's a problem, and like I I remember like a year ago or even some a little bit more recent than that people like still didn't even have Rob in their top three. Some people, and I was like, what, dude? Like. Rob is crazy, <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely see why you put him up there as your number one. Yeah, well, this is no order. I, I mean, I guess it's oh, it is. okay, I just it's not like, an order. It's not an order. I'm not, I'm okay. not committing. I'm, I'm not confident enough to commit. To an order. <laughs> so, so you're saying, you're saying, like any one of these following characters could be top five? No, they're all top five, but I'm just not saying like in Which order, is, oh, like okay, the best gotcha. or not. Right. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Sense. Okay, uh, I guess I'll go next again. Uh, yes. So next, uh, you know, I'm going to say his Pikachu. I think yeah, Pikachu okay, is a pretty ridiculous character. Um, even though, like, in terms of representation, it, it, it really, at the top, top level, it really is just Esam. Yeah. But, like, I, I feel like once Esam's on and he's playing really well, as we saw at that the most recent glitch, like, he, Pikachu can definitely put in a lot of work, you know, like, I think the character's tools are just really good. Have an amazing combo game, can kill you off of stray hits sometimes, and like the up air change may not be DIable. You know, Thunder Jolt's a really good neutral tool as well, or just, you know, can dictate the pace of the match if you as much as you want. So like What would you say really What would you say to people who like because you know, one of the things about Pikachu is that he's at a lot of the top of a lot of people's lists for the best character competitively, but Everyone always brings up how like he literally only has one player who has big results with him. And you could also say that recently his results have been a, maybe a little spotty or whatever. But like what would you say for like what would you say to people who always argue, "Oh, Pikachu can't be that good because there's only one representative and his he's not even a top 3 player." You know what I mean? Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not very good at making cheerless. I don't have an argument for this. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, I feel like representation doesn't exactly mean that this character is good. Like, they're not exactly, like, one-to-one. So, yeah. like, the most used character won't always be the best character because, you know, ease of use is also a, uh, a factor when people pick their I'm characters. And, you, you know, said that. Obviously, oh, yeah. like, easier-to-use yeah, characters are going to are gonna um, be the most used characters. You see this in a lot of fighting games, not just mm-hmm. Smash. But, and, you know... Pikachu, like being optimal Pikachu, you know, it, it's kind of hard. Like you got to practice those up air combos. You got to practice like your execution has to be on point because he, he is a light character. So, you know, maybe there's just Palutena, you know, back airing or up airing you. And if you make one mistake, you die, you know, mm-hmm. but Pikachu's like, oh man, if I want to get like this 40% at zero, I got to like do nair loops and all this other stuff for Palo. Just like I do nair loops too, but it takes like, yeah, it's like way five seconds to, to learn, yeah. you know, like, yeah. There's you're definitely a lot less chance for error. Yeah, yeah, your dare loops are home, exactly. And then who's after Pikachu? Uh, we'll just say Pyromythra. This might be a recency bias because <laughs> we, we're just hot off the tails of the Smash World Tour. Nah, bro, where, that character's busted. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think Mithra's neutral is absolutely insane. Like, the amount of range and respect you have to give her 
is insane just because of how fast he is on the ground. It's like one instance, she like maybe it's like three, two, one, go. You're on the sides of the battlefield, and then immediately she could threaten you, just dash up, like do a tilt, dash up, uh, dash grab you, which is very you know, her dash grab is actually really good, or just dash attack, you know, like yeah. you. It's so hard to play neutral against her, at least what I, how I feel because if you whiff a move that's not on her block she's going to be there to whiff punish you like it's absolutely Dude, insane it's it's also just insane because that character is so paramithra like they're like the most dlc character to me in some ways because like you know how dlc characters the meme is that they just always have like the turbo movement like like in smash 4 it was like cloud was just moving everywhere and then it's like in this game paramithra are like that where it's just crazy how a character can punish you from like that far away like Usually someone like Fox was fast enough to like punish you from far away, but he doesn't have huge hitboxes. These characters have huge hitboxes and they can punish you from far away. Like on reaction, you have like her dash ability, like how fast she can dash and how far her dash uh, goes. It's like she can just stand so far away from you, just watching you swing away and like just punish you from a mile away. It's the, they are insane. Those two characters. And of course, yeah, they're two characters in one which is a, another huge advantage for them. Yeah, like the fact that you can play neutral with, uh, with Mithra and then tag in Sword Ganon whenever you want <laughs> is like, like, oh, you're at the ledge. Like my movement doesn't really matter all that much anymore. I'll just switch to Pyra and, you know, yeah, F-tilt, forward air, back air, you know, up air. You know, all, all those moves are very scary to deal with. Getting off a ledge and if you like normal get up and block it, you're still not out of trouble. You got to worry about, you know, how, how am I going to get out of this situation too? Yeah. Plus the fact that um, it's kind of like what you said earlier about uh, something. Another thing I'm a big proponent of is like ease of use, I think, does factor into how good a character is going to be in a tournament. And I think in Pyramithra, it's like they're definitely not like the easiest character in the game, but they're not that hard, man. Like they're pretty straightforward and like you can they're pretty intuitive. And a lot of their moves cover a lot of different options all at once. So that's a. It's funny to me that you're not doing this in order because in my head, I'm like, this is the right order. <laughs> it's like Rob, <laughs> Pikachu, Pyra, Mithra. Um, all right. So who do you got on your fourth slot? Um, okay. I have Steve. No. Oh, okay. I'm a little surprised by that. But well, okay. kind of and not really at the same time. I, I recognize that Steve is an extremely good character in his game. Like if you – and I guess go like I don't I actually don't know how hard it is to do his combo game. Because we, we mentioned ease of use earlier, but I'm gonna assume it's not it's not like Palunair. and you you actually gotta like practice this on a, on a semi regular basis to yeah. get it. Yeah. But yeah, his tools are just really good. Literally speaking, like he he has tools. <laughs> and they're really good. He has good boxing tools. It's a pickaxe. Yeah. However, I, I don't think his play style. Okay, okay, hold on. I have to back up a little bit. I think Steve could be a cool character like he allows you to be extremely creative with how you play yeah the problem is is that most of those options are not as good as playing campy you know yeah, <laughs> like yeah that's actually building such a, a wall yeah yeah and then just sitting behind it and and you know mining for good resources getting the diamonds or even doing that off stage you know like yeah that that stuff like that's such a good strategy for him that all the other options he could be doing just kind of go out the window Dude, I remember if anyone who's been listening from the beginning uh, or heard the episode where we talked about the Steve reveal, uh, R Hungry and I kind of talked about how like 
we really didn't want this character in Smash because we knew we we thought ahead of time we were like, man, he's gonna be like really lame. Like he's gonna be like Pac-Man, where Pac-Man puts down the hydrant in front of him and then he starts charging a fruit, and it's like a very uninteractive way to play. It's like he's he doesn't interact with you. He kind of just runs away and just charges things up, and. Then Steve came out and we saw how his tools were and we were like, whoa, actually, we're kind of wrong. Like this character is really creative and interesting. And then we kind of were right again because now like it's kind of history. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like what you're saying where potentially he actually is really, really cool because he does have so many different tools and different creative things you could do. But the very basic lame things that he can do are so effective that no Steve player just why would you even want to be creative? The most creative thing I've seen a Steve player do is that mid-game, they literally built an L and just beat the other person. <laughs> yeah. They were like, they were just memeing. Like they built an L, they built a penis, like they built the middle finger. I've seen them just build things, build those things and then win. That's the most creative thing I've seen from Steve in, in this past year. So yeah. I 100% agree with your thing. Like I feel like a lot of his tools remind me of like Rivals of Aether characters. Like, like, uh... Like Craig, he can make a pillar off stage and just kind of stand on it for a little bit. Yeah, you know, there, a lot of characters and rivals have something they can place on the stage that gives them some sort of stage control. But how so, did they balance that in rivals? I don't. I don't. Well, play that first game, of all, so. I'm thinking of like three characters that Steve has tools from. So like they're not all on <laughs> one character for one thing. Right. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But yeah. like when Craig builds the pillar, like and you hit the pillar, he goes does... in a free fall, so he just dies. Oh, yeah. okay. So that's actually see that's good because what happens in Smash is Steve builds blocks in front of you, and when you hit the block to go fight him, he hits you, and then he rebuilds the wall, and then it just starts over like that, and then you end up just getting hit for trying to play the game. Yeah, if, if any anyone, so it's funny if you if you play Craig and you recover and they jump on the your pillar and then you break the pillar, they go in the free fall. So you can kind of like oh. Uno reverse card them. So it's kind of like Pac-Man's uh, trampoline thing. Yeah, a little bit. It, it's a little bit gotcha. like that too. But th- that's just one example. But Gotcha. Yeah, so, th- so that's the one thing. They're not all on one character, but yeah. <laughs> what, a t- what a time. Dude, yeah, we're it's all <laughs> the three of us, you know, lamenting over Minecraft Steve, dude. It just It's like, he's such a meme, dude. Like just talking about him is like surreal to me. Like I'm, t- I'm talking about him in a serious fighting game conversation. <laughs> to this yeah. day, like that trailer was the one where I was just like, maybe I'm too old for this. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the no, Minecraft era. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still young. I'm with it. Yeah, man. Oh my god. Um, okay, so we have your top four. You have uh, in no particular order. You have Rob, Pikachu, Pyramithra, Steve. Who do you got as your fifth? And if it's All not right. Palutena, I'm going to be very sad. Not because I disagree, but just because I know you love that character so much. And it's like she went from being like so broken that even a Palu player doesn't even think she's top five. All right. Okay. Actually, well, I'm going to give my honorable mentions for the fifth okay. spot. So we have right. Joker, Palutena, Peach, Roy, and Wolf. How are none of those in your top five? I need to hear who this character is. I think it's I know. Pac-Man. I, think I, I was just going to say it's Pac-Man. <laughs> oh, wow. You think Pac-Man is better than all those characters. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. This I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I was just not, thinking about really. how, how like his archetype is, like you said, the runaway character charges things up. And in that archetype, once you finally get, you actually get to him on your own terms, whether it be like they missed attack or like you start juggling them, that should be when they're in a terrible spot. 
but not with yeah. Hackman. Like, he has Hydrant to help him stall in the air, and you have to worry about that. His normals up close are actually extremely good. Dude, like, why does he no have a reason. better... Why is his fare better than Sheik's fare? Like, yeah, why? like, stuff like that. Like, Sheik's a character designed to be... To rush you down and be in your face. And, like, Pac-Man has a fare better than that. Not to mention, like, Nair has a really good hitbox. Back air is pretty threatening. Dash attack and, has, like, no lag. Yeah, and all of the moves you just named are also, like, ridiculously strong for no reason. Like, all yeah. of his aerials are really good. They're just really, really good. Yeah, for yep. some reason, Pac-Man's a, a zoner, like, set-play trap character who also has really good boxing tools for some reason. Yeah. I, I don't understand why they, they made it that good. Also, he went from, like, literally his grab is, is the biggest glow-up I've seen in the world. Yeah. From four to yeah, this right. game. Like that especially with how good spot dodging is in this game, the fact that like that grab will sometimes cover spot dodge for you is like super, super important. Yeah. It's interesting because uh it's like what you said where it, it, the story of Ultimate seems to be that, you know, before the characters that used to be like the trap zoner characters, they used to be really strong at that. And then when you finally get in on them, when you finally get through their their wall usually they'd be really bad but in ultimate all of those characters are really good up close like young link and rob and pac-man like even duck hunt they all have like pretty good combos and pretty good uh hit boxes and like like they're just they're just good like up close like you almost don't even need to build the wall so it's pretty pretty interesting that those characters ended up like uh being that good they kind of just it, it, it's so hard to fight them sometimes because you're like where are you bad like pac-man his recovery <laughs> Pac-Man is like, maybe I should put him in my, he's not in my top five, I'll, I'll just say right now, but he could have been because like he has, I think he might have the best recovery in the game. Like he has so many different ways to recover that it's like ridiculous. Like it's like so hard for you to cover all of them. And then like you said, he's really good up close. He's really good at zoning you out. Um, he's just really good. He went from being like a bottom, like one of the worst characters in, in Smash 4 to being like one of the best characters in this game, which is just insane. But yeah, so Kyle, let's hear let's hear Paul Allen's list right now. <laughs> well, I gotta say, AJ made my job pretty easy for me because we almost have the same identical top five. Oh, really? Um, yeah, uh, I actually had Pac Man in my top five. I thought that was gonna be my hot take, but uh, AJ was. Just, uh, <laughs> I stole your thunder. <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely stole my thunder a little bit. Yeah, that character's messed up, man. Like, like you said, like <laughs> Pac Man being able to just like set up a turret in front of him and just like charge his weaponry while also having like really good boxing tools up close and like a top five recovery it's like, not okay why is he able to just pause the game like i turned i turned the pause button off on the settings <laughs> and then three two one go pac-man just throws the hydrant and i cannot play it's literally the same thing bro yeah also he basically has swords for hands which is like <laughs> like his f matches are literally yeah his like his oven is f smash attacks are like basically swords it's weird like the way you can just kind of throw those moves out just feels like not okay and so I had Pac-Man in my top five. I had Aegis in my top five. That character again, like ease of interest, like like uh, it's one of those things where it's like I I the, the argument of like oh like Pikachu can't be a top five character because there's only one representative because the character's hard to play like shouldn't dictate the fact that like on paper that character's yeah, really good. Right. Uh, I feel like the same can also should never get said in reverse about like oh this character is so easy like how come this character can't be top five or too easy to play, which is right. like a conversation no one's ever had ever. So I think ease of use for that character definitely like you know speaks volumes as you can as someone that was at the Smash World Tour this weekend and I got to watch three out of the top four characters be Aegis. Yeah. Uh, it was it was quite a spectacle. That character is messed up. I think I think Aegis is like 
cool as a character. Like I think aesthetically they're cool and like yeah, uh, you know, you know they're they they I, I enjoy watching the character play, not when it's just dittos for like you know three straight hours, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, they're so becoming that, yeah, they're becoming kind of like what Cloud was in Smash Four, where yeah, everyone's got a pocket. pocket. Yeah, yep. and you see like you may not see a solo Cloud main win a tournament or like in top eight. But you'll definitely see Cloud in every top eight or in the tournament in general just because, like, he was so easy to have as a secondary character. And, like, yeah, yeah. you're right. AJ's is becoming that. Yeah, as, as a as a uh, proud pocket Cloud man in Smash 4, I agree. Oh, we also oh. – sorry. I, I should also translate for, you know, Smash speak for people. AG's is the official term for Pyra and Mithra. Like, they are yes. the AG's or whatever. I don't play Xenoblade, so I can't explain any further than that. I'm just <laughs> the the Ryu and Ken are called Shotos and the the Pyramith are called Ags. There's like a it's like a race. It's a classification. It's so. better than calling them like Pithra or like Myra, which yeah. is like my aunt's name, which is weird. <laughs> Myra. I like yeah. I like Marcina though. Marcina for Martha Marcina's and Lucina <laughs> was pretty good. Yeah, Mar- good, Marcina's good. funny. Or like I Croy. <laughs> uh, uh, you're I don't know. How Croy is too Yink? close. Yink is uh, that's bad. <laughs> but that's significantly better than Tink, which we're not going to talk about. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, so, uh, Pyramith are in my top five, Rob in my top five, that character is messed up. Like he's got really good boxing tools up close. He's got two really good projectiles to keep you at bay. And he has an EX move built into his move kit. Like, <laughs> unlimited supers. <laughs> yeah. Literally an unlimited super inside me like that. You know, we, that character just, just wreaks havoc. Like, thank God he's, you know, no pun intended, the big character, like, because that, yeah. that does kind of even him out a bit to where, you know, he can get blown up a bit. Also, that backer is not okay as evidence of what also oh happened this weekend God. in Florida. Yeah, Zamba, <laughs> Zamba freaking, he literally just, top players were just like, it's like they never saw that move before. It's like he invented a move mid-bracket, like, here's this backer, no one knows how to deal with it, you're going to just die at 40, like, yeah. yeah I love it. Um, <laughs> so Pac-Man, yeah, so- AG's, Rob. Who else uh, Pikachu is also in my top five. Again, okay. you can't. I can't ignore how good this p- character is on paper. Like, and we've seen, you know, when played perfectly, you know, Esim took two sets off of MK Leo. Uh, oh, that's right. Know. So yeah. I, I think you have again. There is a bit of a higher skill ceiling with that character, which is why I think you don't see again. Like, you know, uh, entry level is not necessarily like the best word for it, which because Pikachu does require a little bit more chew on it. So I think that's why there isn't a, a whole lot of like more Pikachu mains because the character just takes a lot more time. But when you see those Pikachu mains that do study, you know, you've seen what, what, what that character can do in, in Smash Game Pass where, you know, you saw Beto Pikachu at, at high level and how obnoxious that character can be. Um, you know, I think any sort of character with an execution layer like that, you can't ignore how good they are on paper. So. Yeah. You know, optimally in a per, in a you know dystopian society, everybody plays Pikachu and is losing lightning loops till the end of time. Yeah, that's um, a character that I think, like, long, long, long term, when the the muscle memory becomes so practiced and ingrained in your mind that it's it becomes much less um, difficult and unreliable to do in tournament. I think that character might just have like really long legs, like in the future. It's kind of like in. In Melee, like, Fox was always really good, and everyone always knew Fox was really good. But no one thought Fox was going to be that, that good. Like, it was, like, hard to see how broken Fox was going to become the the further the game went along. Yeah, so, I was actually um, going to bring that up. Where like yeah. for, If you look at the, like, the Smash Wiki, they have, like, all the, I guess, I don't want to say official tier lists, but just, like, generally agreed upon tier lists throughout the years for Melee. 
And in like the early years, like Fox wasn't considered like top. It was usually Sheik, and then eventually Fox uh, kind of took the throne and just never yeah. left. <laughs> yeah, because some of those sometimes those kind of characters like they require a little bit more precision, but then the the reward is so high. It just takes it takes people longer to like practice all that stuff and get and you know learn all the matchups and all that stuff. So I think Pikachu might be that kind of character. Um, so yeah, you have Rob Ags. Pac-Man, Pikachu, and then who's your fifth? Uh, this is where me and AJ differ. I do have Palutena in my top five characters. Let's um, go. I have some honorable mentions. Steve was in contention. We have a lot of the same characters in the same area. Like, I think Joker's a top ten character. I think Wolf's a top ten character. I think Peach is a top ten character. I think Sonic is a top ten character because optimally, yeah. that character still has the same you know, sort of ability that he had in Smash 4 where he can literally dictate the pace of a match. And yeah. whether that's for good or for bad, you know, it is what it is. You have to call a spade a spade. So uh, I just think these characters are slightly better than Sonic on, you know, in the big scheme of things. I just think it's hard to ignore that Palutena is just so consistent. You know, obviously there there isn't a whole lot of top level representation of this character, as you might think. But actually, there still is. You know, Chag is yeah. still performing at a high level with this character. Louis Money is still performing at a high level with this character alongside Fox. And I think people kind of, you know, forgot because it's been such a long time. And Palatine doesn't have the same easy bake confirms as she did at, you know, when she was unrivaled, like a top three character in the game. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. You, know, you can't. Yeah. But you can't ignore that back air and dash attack are so absurdly good. Like being able to just throw an invincible move in neutral. Yeah, literally uh, an invincible move. Like <laughs> yeah. literally, this move cannot lose to any other move in the game. Like literally, <laughs> the office flowchart for me always just boils down to: Can I back air out of this? Yeah, and usually I can. Uh, Nair yeah. obviously still is Nair is still a really good tool. Both like whether you're getting up from the ledge, using it in neutral, using it to edge guard, fighting the bullies, asking your crush out to the dance. Like it does truly everything. Yeah. Um, I, you know, being able to camp with explosive flame and, and auto reticle from a distance is, is obviously, you know, still something you can utilize. Yeah. I just, I, again, the confirms are a little bit tighter, you know, but there's still some stuff that this character can do that it's, it's really, really hard to ignore. Uh, I still, I, again, it, it's hard because like all of these characters in top, it, it's hard to like judge like how bad a character is. Cause like we're going to talk about in a second. I only think like a handful of characters in this game are truly bad. Quote unquote. Yeah. Um, but I think any of these characters in like the top 10, even the top 15 could like very easily, you know, win a major or place in a major. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. You. Again, pr pr pretty chalk, but I have to give it up to my goddess. She is my queen. We stand. <laughs> what, what, what were you going to say, AJ, about Paulo? Um, At least with the Nair, one thing I've noticed, it's not really a nerf in terms of like uh, to the actual character. But I feel like people have gotten better at dealing with it, like just in general. Yeah. Like, I feel like when the game first came out, like, you'll get hit by the first couple hits, and you might drop shield by mistake or try to roll or something and get caught, and then you take, like, 40% easy bait combo. But, you know, people <laughs> realize, wait a minute, the move's, like, kind of minus on block, so if I just continue holding my shield, you know, at the very least, I'm not going to get comboed, and then it should be my turn to, like, maybe do an out-of-shield option try to pressure. Yeah, yeah. And I get, Palu's one of those characters that... We'll t we're going to talk about my top five. Um... She is really, really good, but like I think she's in a weird spot when to judge her because she she's the only character out of like the ones that people put in like their top ten list 
that got ner- nerfed like that hard. Like it yeah. didn't happen all at once. So a lot of people, me and AJ were just talking about this at the diner the other day. Like because Palu's nerfs were like stretched out over a period of time, people kind of forget that it was like if you add them all up and you put them in one patch, dude, she got destroyed. Like she got butchered. Like people kind of got used, got time to get used to it. And I think it, in, a, in a good way, it made people not give up on the character. But like when you actually look at everything they did, if it happened all at once, people would have been like, this character's trash. Um, so she's kind of hard to like gauge. I still think she's definitely in my top five. Um, but yeah, she she got like changed a lot from this game. Like Rob, Rob never got nerfed. Pikachu never got nerfed. Pac-Man never got nerfed. Like uh, AG's got like a very slight of a slight nerf. Um, but yeah, most of these characters never really got nerfed except for Palutena. Um, so yeah, my top five. Uh, so I do have mine ordered. I know you guys kind of just, it, it is, it is very hard. Like, like Kyle was saying, there's the story of smash ultimate is that this is the most tightly balanced smash game ever. And like one of the jokes in the community that is pretty true is that there's like 10 top tiers and then the rest of the characters are all mid tiers. And there's like, no one is really that, that bad in this game. Um, I, I think that's a little bit of oversimplification, but like the, the, the general, like just of that joke is true. Um, so my number one, the only character, I have it S tier and A tier. There's only one character that I have in S tier. To me, this is the best character in the game. To me, I've been saying this for over a year. People are starting to kind of come around, but I was laughed at this for year. Dude, I've been laughed at for this opinion forever. <laughs> number, number one Smash Ultimate character, especially because this recent patch did not nerf him, is Rob the Robot. The robotic <laughs> operating buddy, bro. This dude is crazy. He does not play the game. It's like unbelievable how good he is. He's a heavy grappler, boxer, zoner with a good recovery. Like, name the where is he bad? Like, the joke is that he's big and that because he's big, he gets comboed harder. And I'm like, dude, this is Smash Ultimate. Wolf is not that big. But everyone could do a zero to death combo on Wolf. You know what I mean? Like it, it's like the game. Everyone gets zero to death basically in this game, and like Rob's size doesn't really change much for him. Um, and just in general, I think that my personal viewpoint on what makes characters good versus bad is that I think that movement is the most important factor in a competitive in, in competitive Smash. I think you need to have good movement, and if you have big hitboxes. And good movement, you're just like one of the best characters in the game. Um, someone like Incineroar, he has like some of the best moves in the game. He has really good hitboxes, but his movement is so bad that he's not a top 10 character. But then you look at someone like Sheik, where she has some of the worst hitboxes in terms of like their size. Like you have to be pretty precise. Some of her hitboxes don't even make sense because they don't work. People fall out of moves. But she's still like a really viable character because her movement makes up for the bad hitboxes. These characters I'm about to talk about, and Rob in particular, they have good hitboxes and they have really good movement. And so, in my opinion, and also they're easy to use or easy to learn. And uh, these characters are all, to me, the most broken. But Rob, S tier, number one. I can't believe it's taking this long for people to see how broken this character is. He has the most results if you looked at like top 50 results for tournaments he has the most different players who have done well with this character no other character has been represented in top 50 competitive smash more than rob so the science is with me bro (laughs) 
All right. So obviously you two aren't surprised. You guys have heard me yell about this forever, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. In fact, it, it, you know, when you talk about being laughed at, you know, that's been us sometimes. Yeah. That's what I, was, <laughs> I was surprised that the first character AJ mentioned was Rob because I, I could have swore AJ was like, nah, man, you're crazy if you think Rob is the best. <laughs> I, yeah. That definitely was me like six months ago, but I've seen the light. I've been converted. Yeah. Dude. Oh, my God. He's, he's just so dumb. Um, okay. So my number two character, because mine are in order, and the first character in the A tier. Rob, only character in S tier. And now we're going to talk about the A tier. Is the the Pith, Myra? I mean, wow, Myra, Mithra and Pyra, <laughs> Mithra and Pyra. The, we already talked about them a lot. Easy to use, but again, my formula: movement and hitboxes. They have both. They have a really good matchup spread. They just you can just get hit once by Mithra and never play the game again. And like we're starting to see that every tournament now, it's like in top eight, it's like just people either secondaring or maining this character. Um, so they have like the representation, they have the results, they have by, I don't know any measure where this character isn't in, in your top three. You know what I mean? Like whatever measurement you use to measure how good a character is, they definitely hit every single category. Uh, number three, surprise. He wasn't on any of your lists. Everyone just kind of forgot about Joker when MK Leo stopped naming him. Yeah, Dude, that's that, was hard, like, that, was, that was a hard. That was a hard. Yeah, that me. was hard. Like, yeah. it, it was. It was a. It was. It's one of those things where, like, yeah, it, you kind of have to like go back on your Pikachu statement. It's just like, yeah, just because like the number one player is that's just his right. isn't getting results that make them good. But it's also like I don't know, like there's Joker's just kind of not there anymore. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but I still think. Um, first of all, you have to remember the, how long Leo like dominated with this character. So results wise, even though it's, it was mostly just Leo and like you had Zachary in Japan and you had a couple other players that used Joker pretty consistently for a time and had good, good wins and results. He's still, he, he's still really, really good. And, and again, I actually think a lot of people think this character is really hard and there are definitely difficult things about the character in terms of like matchups, but this character's decision making is really not that difficult, man. There is, there are times where you just get Arsene and you just get to spam back air at the ledge, and you're just going to take a stock at like fifty, and the risk reward is just unbelievably in your favor. Um, so I still think that this character is really, really good. Eight second character in A tier, my third pick overall, Joker movement plus hitboxes plus ease of use in tournament, um, and number four, Palutena. Um, yep. Again, you want to talk about hitboxes, bro? This character's hitboxes are ridiculous. They're so, they're all really good, really strong. The nair, like the nair covers, it's your bread and butter. So it's like what you're looking for at zero, right? It gives you stage control because it combos into another nair, into another nair. It covers spot dodge. It's an anti air. It's everything. I don't. I can't think of a single thing this move doesn't do for you. This nair does everything. You can use it off stage. You could juggle people with it. Um, She's so good. Her movement is amazing. Her combos are great. Um, she did get nerfed to hell, and I do think that if anything, they kind of over nerfed her because now her like her win condition is that she has to ledge trap you really hard. And like Mithra and Pyra and Rob and Joker, they can kind of just kill you with like stray hits, and they don't need to like be that good at ledge trapping. But nonetheless, I think that's my fourth character overall, Palutena. Still a believer. And uh, number five again, not on either of your lists. But just ahead, for me, this character is just narrowly ahead of uh, 
Pikachu and Pac-Man. So I, we almost had similar lists. You guys just didn't have Joker and you didn't have this one character. My guy, Wolf O'Donnell, the Irish guy, man. This dude, <laughs> <laughs> this dude is broken, man. Oh my God, this character is freaking insane. So um, he's not really represented that much anymore. And there's actually a lot of people who feel like he's not as good as he used to be. But I still think that Wolf is like super, super broken. And I think he's a lot like Melee Fox, where I think when people learn more as they go, he's his, he's just going to get better and better. Um, but yeah, I, I, we don't even have to get into how good he is. Everyone knows how good Wolf is. Um, and that's my top five. Rob, AG's Joker, Palu, Wolf. Any thoughts? Any objections from the committee? Do you guys want to throw anything? Uh, <laughs> no, it's hard to. Like we said, like there's so many like – plug and play options here like wolf was one where i was just like yeah like i see it. this character is really good but again it falls into like the space animal trope we're just like yeah this character gets kind of like yeah smoked it gets bodied results. a little bit yeah i think wolf gets kind of smoked by like the characters ahead of him a bit um i still think this character is like stupid good like it's getting if you look at the ease of use plus the longevity plus the nerf history Plus the cringe plus ratio, like this character is is still Fuck. incredibly obnoxious and like not my favorite character to fight under any capacity. I just think these other characters are so, like a little bit better than Wolf is. Yeah, I feel you. Um, and yeah, I had after Wolf, I had Pac Man, Pikachu, and Zero Suit Samus. Those are my A tier. And then after that, I have like Peach, Diddy Kong, Cloud, Fox in B tier, and a few other characters. But now we get to the fun part, the bottom the bottom three these are the what we think are the worst characters in the game and these are the characters that you should not under any circumstance attempt to play in bracket if you want to get results <laughs> at all if you just if you want punishment and pain and you want to be that guy these are the characters you should play kyle I'm, i want you to go first on this one give me your bottom three dude uh one of my bottom okay so no, these again this is no ranking like again you can polish a turd but a turd's still a turd um <laughs> In no particular ranking, number one, a character close to my heart, character that I enjoy playing very much, but a character that is very bad compared to their other counterpart, and that's Isabel. Uh, oh, I think yeah. Isabel, I think Isabel is like, Isabel is like, uh, you know how in Ed and Eddie, like, Double D knows how to play the steel guitar, and he absolutely loathes it? Um, <laughs> yeah. I love playing Isabel. She's one of my favorite characters to just, like, mess around with on, like, a long night of, uh, you know, drinking adult beverages, um, but she is not a good character. All the things that make Villager a good character, Isabel doesn't have. Um, she's got some, like, you know, cheeky setups and shenanigans, but she still struggles, you know, where Villager struggles, except she can't, Villager can't camp better. Um, so I think Isabel's just bad. Um, yeah, no objections remember? from me on that. That is a <laughs> terrible character. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, There's just a didn't... sitting duck. Like, she can't get down like once people start hitting her her airspeed is so she's very she's like floaty and she doesn't have good airspeed so she just never gets down like i see people start juggling her and i'm like she's just done like there's nothing you're gonna do like it's over it's cute she's a cute character her moves are <laughs> cute but she also just loses i'm sorry aj what were you saying yeah i actually didn't consider this character for five three but you would is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, you're like, but actually, <laughs> yeah, you got you're making a lot of sense right now. Like I, I remember one time yeah. I tried playing Isabel, and just because I, I thought her Lloyd Rocket was like a really cool idea, and the fact that like if you're really good, you could like combo out of it with the with like the fishing rod and kill them. But then the whole time playing Isabel, I'm like, man, I wish I had the other <laughs> I had the <laughs> yeah. other Lloyd Rocket right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's it's not like not all are created equal. I think like 
in an era where we're begging for like less Echo Fighters, I'm actually wishing Isabel was just a straight up Echo Fighter. It just oh, that's so easier. true. I didn't even think about that. That is like, yeah, it's true. It's just she should have been an Echo Fighter and like just is it, it would have made her a better character. <laughs> How dare and you yeah. give me this unique character to play as in a game where I can play as four links? Like, what are yeah. we doing here? <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Isabel's in my bottom three. Uh, obviously, it's, it's it's not a bottom three without the president of H tier. The Hyrule tier, uh, the Dark Lord himself, Ganondorf. Jesus, I think Ganondorf. It hurts my heart to hear this, man. <laughs> not because you know I disagree. Is? Not because I disagree. <laughs> Just because it's Ganon, man. Oh my god. You know, dude. You know what it is, and like everybody drank the Kool Aid and like was like trying to like buy into the hype because like, oh, Ganon's like so much faster now. Like the game engine like makes it move a lot faster. He has a sword now. Oh my god, like, maybe Ganon's not that bad this time. No, no. Like Ganon still struggles where he has always struggled. He's huge. His recovery sucks. His moves are incredibly punishable. Uh, you know, if you have half of a brain and if you don't engage with them again, that's a, the problem. A lot of these low tiers have in common is that if you don't engage with them, they can't do anything. So, yeah, you know, Ganon is just kind of dead on arrival in, in most matchups that he has to, you know, to compete in. And again, I, I it hurts me too. like I, Ganon is like super cool. And he's always been like a fun character to play as Uh but like you know, he's like all that stuff I mentioned, plus the fact that like he's again been an, a a not Echo Fighter for like the entirety of his Smash career. It's like it's 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 truly upsetting. But Ganon again, yeah, has, is is very firmly in like my bottom tier of characters. Yeah, it's like let's yeah, oh man, can't disagree with that. <laughs> and then who do you got as a, your other bottom three character? So if you ask me this question about uh, I don't know, like three weeks ago. I'd probably say Jigglypuff. This character is kind of messed. That character is kind of messed up now. I actually don't think Jigglypuff is like a bottom feeder character. I think that character is like pretty annoying now. Yeah, um, she got she got buffed in the recent patch. Like it's it's. I think it was actually the second to last patch, not the last one, wasn't it? I'm yeah, not sure. it was, it's been a while. That's that it's, patch is actually yeah. the reason why she's not in my bottom three. Yeah, yeah. right. She they yeah. actually made her like really annoying. Like she's still not good, but she's just like not bottom five. Yeah, she's like very firmly like floating in the middle of the pack as like a, a probably like a mid mid tier low mid tier character. Um, the other character is my bottom three is is uh, you know the, uh, the 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 brawler from the Bronx. It's Little Mac. <laughs> this character is just, <laughs> again, it falls into the same category. Like recover your recovery sucks. Your you, you completely lose to your opponent just not engaging with you and i think it's even worse than ganondorf because like ganondorf at least has like you know a, a pseudo burst option in in you know in, uh, yeah the, the, it, the wizard, wizard foot yeah in wizard foot like you have a command grab little mac is just you know fast and can kind of break your shield and again that's a character that saw some like weird changes when it came to like patch stuff but it's like little Mac just loses to you not doing anything and like i i don't understand like i don't know man like it's one of those things where like yeah like it looks flashy for like the time being and i don't want to like you know discredit any of the little mac players that like are making it happen because there are surprisingly a lot of them mac nation baby um <laughs> but i i just one of those things where it's just like i can't see that character like under any capacity, like ever be, being competitively viable, your recovery sucks. You're a ground character, a ground based character in an air based fight. You know, in a primarily aerial based fighting game, and you, yeah, yeah, it's 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 not, it's not it doesn't 
It's not good. You're a, you're a grounded character in a platform fighter. This guy loses yeah. to platforms. <laughs> like yeah. he literally loses to to like the game. Like the game itself is like, dude, it doesn't matter who you're fighting. Like the people get on the platform, and Little Mac can't get on the platform. He has like one of the worst, if not the worst, like hops jumps in the game. Like in terms of height and double jumps, he's so. Oh my god, his air game. By design, he's designed to just be like scary on your shield and scary up close. But in the air, he's just so garbage. So yeah, Little Mac. I don't think uh, I don't think I've seen any representation for that character. Like even Ganon, I've seen like some pretty nice upsets. But like, there's only one Little Mac player I even know, and I don't even know the last time I saw him play and he did anything. You know, not no shots to him, but just in general, like that character's not even on anyone's radar. There's so, really only yeah. Peanut from MDVA, who's the one that comes to mind. Um, right. But yeah, other than that, it's like, I can't even think of a second one. I'm going to keep it real. <laughs> That's a little Mac, bro. Um, all right, AJ, I want to hear your uh, your bottom three. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, just I'm just going to go with uh, our first pick is Little Mac. You know, just to continue the conversation. Any character that's in all three of our bottom threes, like, you know how trash you have to be to be in all three of our bottom threes? Like, you're just the only unanimous, like, yeah, that character sucks. (laughs) So far, Little Mac has two strikes on him. Two votes for trash. Now, personally, Little Mac is a problem. I understand it's a personal issue. Like, I don't like fighting this character. I've actually always, like, struggled fighting this character in four. Even though I played, like, Marth. You know, it's like, oh boy, yeah, it, it's really bad. It, it's a, it's actually a problem. You know what though? That tells me that you're not biased because, like, I, I think that I'm pretty not biased too. Like, my lists are not they how well I do versus some of these characters. I don't factor that into how good I think they are. I have other criteria. So the fact that you're saying like, I'm putting this character down here, even though I'm bad versus this character, is it, it shows that you're pretty fair. I think. Yeah, but you know, it's the same reason. Uh, Kyle mentioned, you know, you have a very, very, very minimal air game in a game where a lot of the fighting, like a lot of component of the game is catching people in the air and trying to juggle them, you know, jumping around on platforms, recovering so you don't die. Like all that stuff, very important to Smash, involves being in the air. And Mac just doesn't, you know, those are all core parts of the game that he just sucks at. Yeah. Yeah. Even in this game, like, I don't know. I feel like he he's not as threatening on the ground, isn't he? Yeah. For I'm not maybe perfect pivoting was like just really really good for him, and and in this game just not there. But yeah, not to beat a dead horse, but yeah, it's Little Mac. Um. <laughs> okay, so this one, this next spot, I was torn between Ganon and this character. Um, I think my bias comes from the fact that there's a there's this one Ganon I follow on Twitter. Uh, MGK Gedendorf, <laughs> and they post like all these different tech clips, like super, super specific, like tech, like clips for different matchups. Like, oh, if I up B this character as they're up being, I get like a free down air punish or whatever. Like, yeah. and like we trade at like this percent. Like, so I think I got caught up in all that hype. So I think that's why, again, it's not in my top three, but or my bottom three. But in his place, I put King DDD because I feel like this character is good at two things not dying <laughs> because they, they are the heavy they're not the heaviest character in the game but they're the hardest character to kill off the top and yeah. unlike the other like super heavyweights they actually have a recovery that you can't really mess with as they snap the ledge 
Yeah, and so you're not gonna get jumps. yeah, and he has multiple jumps. So you're not giving this character, you're not getting early kills. Their survivability is probably like one of the best in the game. Though so that's yeah, so that's one thing DD's really <laughs> good at. And then like the Gordo ledge traps are like pretty good too. Right. That's it. I I, <laughs> I feel like those are the two things this character is really really good at. I guess yeah. you could also say killing like really early, like depending upon what character you're up against. Yeah. So like, like if you're up against a fox and you just dash attack them as they're side being, like they just explode at like twelve. But yeah, he's. I feel yeah. like DDD's strengths are very, very limited, and once you get past all that stuff, you know it, it can be very hard. Like I, I see Adamus, like Adamus puts in work with his character, but I see he's putting in so much work <laughs> to like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to like makes his character like, like to do well in bracket. Yeah, he's working sixty hour work weeks as that benefits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He may be a king, yeah. but like this character is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> working yeah, for hard. Some, for some reason, bottom tier is just littered with the monarchy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to yeah, why right, <laughs> the king. <laughs> yeah. So you right. have uh, you have Little Mac, King DDD, yeah. and then who's your third? Uh, my third pick is Doctor Mario. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, I, I actually think Doctor Mario's recovery is like worse than Ganon or like Little Mac. Yeah, it's. Really? I think it. I think it actually oh, is yeah, because sense. he can't really. At least they have mix-ups with like bigger hitboxes. Like Little Mac can do side B. Little Mac's recovery is actually not that bad. It's mostly that he just doesn't have a, a air. Until he can't fight you in the air. So like, yeah. you know, people just hit him for free. But like yeah. his recovery is actually not horrible. You also but have the, to with Little yeah. Mac. You have to worry about the counter. So you can't just swing because he'll counter you, and then the counter moves him forward, and then he'll make it back. And to then stage. he recovers. Yeah, right. Yeah, so there, there's like a little bit of an extra layer of mix-up you have to worry about with Mac. And with Ganon, it's just like like just the bigger hitbox is like you don't want to get like up aired like as you're trying to guard him or like you he uppies and his command grab up just kind of beats out your move before it comes out. Where yeah. I feel like Doc just doesn't have that you know issue. Like, even if he has, like, down B and up B, like, both of them to help him recover, like, down B is so, like, linear in how, or not linear, but, like, it it go, uh, it has such strong end lag. Like, he literally, he puts his arms out and is like, I'm open. You can hit yeah. me now. <laughs> Here's uh, the part where you can yeah. just kill me. And then once you hit him out of his, out of his down B, his up B goes literally nowhere. Like, actually, it doesn't go anywhere. It's, it's really bad. Yeah. That, yeah. Dr. Mario is definitely in my bottom five. Um, okay, my bottom, my bottom three, uh, the, I think you guys are not going to agree with this, but I think this is one of the worst characters in the game. I've always said this in order. This is my third worst. So not number one, but definitely close. Kirby. Kirby is mm. trash that character is garbage that character is buns right. and again it, <laughs> it goes into you i'll let you guys i'll let you guys fight me on this when i'm done but let me just explain because for me my criteria again it's hitboxes plus movement and kirby's hitboxes are actually not horrible they're not great like he does kind of have short reach um but he has good let me see what's good about kirby what's good is that he, when he hits you he has good combos and good damage output but that's it his movement on the ground is horrible. His movement in the air is horrible. He has one of the easiest up Bs for you to just hit him for without any fear of anything happening to you. It's like one of the worst up Bs in the game. Like at least Dr. Mario, when he up Bs, it's really strong and it can stage spike you if you mess up trying to edge guard him. Like 
his up will just go through stuff. Kirby's up is literally just, you can just trade with it and he will explode. He just dies. That character is buns. Any objections? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Kirby for me is always like a weird case because Kirby always like starts out the meta as like a bad character and then like gets like maybe like one or two updates where it's just like, oh, okay. Kirby's got some mix and then Kirby's yeah. still a bad character. I think Kirby's like pretty solidly like in my like lower mid tier characters. Like it falls into the same category as like a little Mac or like a Ganondorf where it's like if you don't engage, you win. But Kirby also has like, you know, some sauce. Yeah. Like up close, I think like I think Kirby's feet are so like intangible or whatever. So like the hitboxes are so really good. Um, his recovery is fine. Having multiple jumps is cool. I I, I do th- think Kirby. I personally don't think Kirby's like that bad. But again, you know, you can if you polish a turd, it's still a turd. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I think I'm a little higher on the Kirby guard and on the Kirby gang than you are. But I I can I'll respect it. Yeah, I think Kirby is all um... squeak squad, bro. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> Like, I can agree with everything you said, Glenn. I just feel like you're underestimating uh, the hitboxes part for Kirby. Yeah. Like, like a lot of his tilts are really, really good, you know, and, and his aerials can combo in, like, smash attacks, especially, like, something like down air, like the first hit forward air or something like that. Yeah. And, like, those smash attacks are really, really strong. Like, hit, yeah. like, if Kirby can actually hit you, there, there's definitely work to be done. <laughs> I feel like that's enough to elevate him out of bottom three, at least in well, my opinion. So here's the thing. The characters that I have are slightly ahead of him that are also really bad, like Dr. Mario and Isabel, who we talked about. The reason I think Kirby's worse than them is because even though he actually has better combo game than them and better hitboxes than them, he has no projectile for his neutral to make up for the fact that he cannot approach you in any way, shape, or form. So like at least Dr. Mario, he can pressure you to do something by keep, by throwing the pills at you. And Isabel can just do the slingshot and like set up a bunch of traps. Like At least they can play neutral to some degree. Kirby literally cannot win neutral. Like his movement is so bad that he just has to guess to hit you and he really can't do anything to any of the good characters in the game who just run away and hit him. And then once he starts getting hit, unlike Dr. Mario, he's really light. So he just dies super early. Like this character is, I think the only reason why people think this character isn't as bad as, as they think he is, is because three, two, one go. Every Kirby player does the same thing. They just pancake. They just hold down and they don't play the game and they wait for you to approach them because they know they cannot hit you no matter what. And like, to me, that's like, it's not again. I, Kirby's my third worst, but he's so bad uh, because of that. Um, I think my number two character, number two worst character in the game, is Piranha Plant. This character mm. is so bad. This character is like a really bad King Dedede. Like he, it's like he has a Gordo that doesn't really go anywhere, and every time he does it, you can just run underneath it and hit him for free. And that's the only thing he can do is throw the Patui at you. And in a way, I could almost say that maybe he's a little better than Kirby, but it's he's so limited and everything is so telegraphed that I just think this character is really, really bad. And his recovery, like against most of the good characters in the game, it's just it's like he just gets hit. He gets two framed by everybody. Like once this is a matchup that once you figure it out, you can't lose to any Piranha Plant player. And there's like no mix up. They just do the same thing over and over again and this character is really bad <laughs> any objections to piranha plant uh, you know it's weird because like we're splitting I, hairs here about how bad a character is like i this is one of those cases where like i can't 
give like too much more insight on how bad this character is because I've don't think I've ever played a parental plan in bracket before. Um, so that's crazy. I, I, I've played so many now. Like I'm actually just cursed. <laughs> I've no, I'm so lying. I, I'm lying. I did play one, but it was like almost two years ago and time is a flat circle. So I like barely remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. Like, I, I think there's some aspects about this character that's like fine. Like, but I still think plan is like pretty bad. I definitely would not have paid for this character if they didn't give it to me for free. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think this character is bad, but I don't think the bottom three bad. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's all I got. Like, like would you he, agree that he fits my criteria of movement plus hitboxes? I mean, actually, his hitboxes aren't that bad. But I think you know they're not the best. They're not Doctor Mario. Doctor Mario and Isabel, they have at least like some. Like Dr. Mario has better uh, neutral and hitboxes and Isabel has like more interesting tools that you could at least do different things with. Piranha Plant has one trick and that's it. He just does this one thing. It's funny because that, that is what he does in Mario. Like they made him faithful to that. Like the Piranha Plants don't mix you in Mario. They just do Patui and come out of the pipe and you just don't, they're on a schedule. Like they just do the same thing over and over again. Um, so yeah, he's my number two. My number one. This is such a tragedy, man. This it just hurts to say this. He, he, all on all three of our lists, the king of evil, bro, Ganon. Ganon is he wasn't a, on my list. He wasn't okay. No, you think, I did. You said it was in contention. Okay, he, yeah, he it was between him and DDD. Okay, he was wow. That's it's, he almost got voted three times the worst character, dude. This is so sad. He it's like they just took Falcon and they were like. Falcon's already heavy and he's already really strong, but he's really fast. How about we just get rid of the speed and make him heavier and stronger? It's like the worst recipe for a character ever. This character sucks. This is the worst character in the game because he cannot play the game at all. He's his movement, like like Kyle said, he has one movement option, which is like the the wizard foot thing. And it's like you just stand at a range where you could react to that and he'll never be able to play the game with you. Yeah, he's a little scary, but he can't recover. Most characters just intercept him and he just can't play the game. This is a character that is, in my opinion, this is the worst character in Ultimate. And it pains me to say that as a Zelda fan. Um, I think he's the only character that I would say in the roster has like a 9-1 matchup. Like he literally cannot fight Min Min. Min Min, <laughs> literally 3-2-1 go. Min Min wins against Ganon every single time. Like, if you can beat a Min Min with Ganon, I will literally get, pay your way through college. Like, any Ivy League school of your choice, bro. I will put you through college. Like, there's no way. <laughs> are you sure you Are you sure you want to say that? All right. It can't so, be any Min Min. It has to be, like, notable Min Min players. Okay. Oh, my God. It can't be, like, your little brother playing Dude, Min Min. <laughs> I was about to enter bracket with Min Min and get my boy free ride. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yo, you want to go to Harvard? I got you. Three yeah. SDs right here. Um, but yeah, I think Ganon is worse than Kirby, Isabel, Dr. Mario, and Piranha Plant. Those are my bottom five, but I think Ganon easily has the worst neutral out of all of them. He has probably a worse recovery than Dr. Mario. So he probably has a worse recovery than all of them. And he's just scary up close, but you never have to be close to him. And when I look at my top five, all of the top five characters I have are just like running circles around him or zoning him out. And then he just never plays the game. And in a competitive one-on-one -on -one setting, he sucks, <laughs> which really is sad. Um, 
Okay, so that's our top five bottom threes and bottom threes. I'm surprised it took us that long. I thought that was going to be a way shorter segment, but this is the last episode, so you're getting extra stuff. Um, anyway, now that Smash is over, uh, the final patch, the final character, everything's done. I hate to like, this game still feels very new to me. And of course, like we just got a, a character like a month ago. So there's still a lot of new stuff. There was a new level, but I, I don't want to be that guy who's like just thinking about the next one. But this one really is like hard to follow. Like with Smash 4 and Brawl, you could imagine like, oh, the next one will just have the same stuff, but improve a few things and add some stuff. They really can't add things to this game. Like this game is already just a behemoth as it is. So, or maybe that's what you guys want. But I, I wanted to uh, to close out our Smash conversation forever on this podcast. What would you guys want from the future of the series? What do you think is going to happen? And like, what would you just want, just personally as casual players, but also competitive players? Um, do you just want them to just add more characters and that's it? Like, what would you really want from the future of this series? AJ, you can go first. All right. First off, just get this off the get this off the table. Good netcode. Give, give Smash Bros. back. <laughs> Immediate. It has. It's becoming the standard for fighting games. It, Smash being like one of the most popular fighting games, you, you have to live up to that in the next game. If yeah, there is roll, one. Roll okay. back. As a discussion, Glenn already did a whole podcast on rollback. You can check that out. Uh, anyway, so things I would personally want, I would want them to seriously reconsider like a lot of character designs in terms of their gameplay. So, like, Geddon is the perfect example. He yes. shouldn't just be Captain Falcon. Like, like I was thinking the other day, what if he had, like, a homing projectile that was just really slow, but you could hit it back at him? Yeah. You know what I like, mean? Like in Zelda games. Like, yeah, like yeah. in Zelda. Because yeah. Smash is always, like, taking elements from gameplay and trying to transition it into a fighting, like, game style. So, like, with Marth, like, in Fire Emblem, your positioning on the map matters with all the units. So, with him, they're like, all right, what if we make the tip of his sword important? So then your positioning on the stage really matters. You know, that's cool. They, they bring that concept into a fighting game. Again, his whole thing is he's big and powerful. They got that covered. But how you fight him is you hit his projectile back at him traditionally. And they haven't really brought that into the Smash. So I think that'd be cool because it helps him because he'll have a projectile in neutral. So you're saying that you kind of want the series to reboot in a way. Like yeah. Because you want them to be able to revisit the, these characters. So it's like you like the current format of the game. But you want them to just start from scratch with all the characters. Yeah, maybe not from scratch. Like certain characters, like movesets, are probably fine and can stay where they are. Like I think, with, like for someone like Mario, I think the only thing you would have to do is update Flood, and like right. the rest of it, Kit, it's fine. You know, it can stay being Mario. But I feel like Samus might be another one where I like her Kit now. But like you could definitely add stuff in from from like maybe the other two D games or like and, yeah. or stuff from like or uh, Dread. Maybe like in, update like some of her smash attacks to like have like the counter move from Dread or something. Yeah, but yeah, so, I, I really wanted to take like especially like the N sixty four characters like really look at them and and think like there we could add something to this character's move set to maybe be a bit more referential to the game or just make them like a more interesting character to play. Yeah, so you're talking about like you know uh, the next game just being a complete reboot. And they get to start from scratch with some of those characters that are locked in the old designs and stuff like that. Um, but generally, like, you like the format of the game. You know what I mean? Like, you're not proposing any changes that are, like, 
you know, core to like, for example, you don't want it to become a 3D fighter or something like that. Oh, no, no. I I think Smash thrives in its platform fighter. Like the fact that it, well, it pioneered the genre, like that subgenre. So I think it should stay there. Also, in terms of like casual play, that's something that Smash has like unlocked compared to other fighting games. Like, so I, I think in order to keep that and like stuff like items and like the different stages, like in order to keep that like the, all those fun different elements that casual players really like, you kind of have to stick with the platform like fighter formula. Yeah, it's, it's like they don't know, even it, try to copy that, you know, which is crazy. Like, yeah, uh, like, there have been so many Smash clones, and you would even think Nick All Stars would be the one to try the most to try to capture like the chaotic silliness of the free for all four player chaos of Smash Brothers. But instead, like even Nick All Stars, like all of the the clones are more focused on getting the competitive elements right and yep. not really on the other stuff. Yeah, like I. Like changing genres, I don't know. Like I've seen th- there is a two D like traditional fighting game that has like four player multiplayer, it, and it's very weird. It is a yeah. guilty gear game. It well, is- does it work? Like don't people just get trapped in the corner of the of like the map and just like what happens to the guys in the middle? Like how do you um, fight in the middle? So there's there's a button to turn around. Oh, so it's it, it's very weird. You have to hit a button to turn around in that game and so then strange. you and then you're locked in in that direction and there's also like two lanes so you could like go to the foreground or the background it's very weird it, yeah. it's very obscure but what i'm trying to make is it's just saying the platform fighter genre and i guess just to close out i would want some sort of like system mechanic in the game because right now like there's a lot of different system mechanics in smash but they're all um i i, I don't know how to say it like di is a big one uh, like rolls and spot dodges or like a, something I'd consider a system mechanic. Oh, but I think okay. If there is something else added on that every character had, yeah, I think like it'd a, be cool. a core new element that like it's an umbrella thing that just it, it work. It's just part of the game now, regardless of the character. It's not like a unique ability only one character has. It's like this is just something that enhances the overall game. Like it's kind of like how from the first Smash game into Melee, they introduced like the I think spot dodging was in Melee first, right? And, yeah. and air dodging. Yes. Yeah, spot dodging and air dodging. And so, like, that was a big shift. Like, all of a sudden, you had to think about another defensive option that people had in the air and on the ground. Um, so, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. That's actually – I didn't even think about that. Like, just adding another core mechanic to the overall game, not just the characters. Yeah, I don't know what – preferably, it would be something that would be usable in a 1v1 setting and also in, like, the free-for-all setting. Because, remember, most people will play this game – with like a group of friends with like six or however many people on the screen. So whatever they do, I think it should also be usable in that mode because if you're going to have less characters, that's what casual is like. And you have to get the, like have something else for them to be excited about. So if it can't be less characters, maybe it's just, Hey, this new tool in the game that you can use. That's really fun. You know? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Kyle, what do you think? What's a, what do you want to see from the future of this series? You know what I mean? Uh, like, how does it even follow up what Ultimate has done? Because I think we're all in agreement. Ultimate plus DLC, this game is unbelievable. This is like a miracle game. It's it's a 10 out of 10 for me. So what do you? What, how do they even do this? Because we know we're going to get another one eventually. But, like, what do you want it to be? This is, like, the <clears throat> the impossible question. It's like asking me to, like, the to direct an Avengers movie after Endgame just came out. It's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like how do how do I improve upon something that is widely considered to be the best out of its genre? 
yeah. like you know smash again when, once they announced that they're bringing back everybody uh it was like oh this is gonna be it this is the magnum opus like this sakurai is not leaving a single bullet left in the chamber um and it's one of those things where it's just like do you go back to another smash game where it's like okay the roster's a little bit more concise do we go back to a smaller roster i think something that i would want to see from another smash game is to keep all the third party characters intact <laughs> like i i don't I, I think those characters like represent whether you love them or hate them i think those characters represent like you know the history of gaming you know outside of nintendo's just like immediate bubble so i think you can't you know you know i don't think we'd ever lose characters like sonic or like you know snake or pac-man in another smash game because those characters are are you know synonymous with smash brothers as much as they are their own franchises now um I don't think you have that to be the case for characters like Sephiroth or any of these newer guys that, that you know, that joined the fray. Um, I agree with AJ. I think having a more, like, more things to do outside of just the competitive aspect of things is what keeps Smash Brothers alive. Like, being able to play with items, being able to have all these different, uh, you know, things you can unlock, whether it be through story mode or through event stuff. Um, I think adding a proper story mode back into Smash would be fun. I remember oh, reading yeah. years ago, there was a supposed you know uh plan for another subspace style story mode but some some cutscenes got leaked quote unquote and then that idea was completely uh dashed away so i personally would love to see something like that uh where we get you know uh full cg cutscenes of these characters you know interacting with each other uh more just more casual stuff i think is what i would love to see you know keep smash going because like we said you, you, you see these other platform fighters come out and really focus on the hyper competitive aspect of these games, but they lose a little bit of that polish where it's like, okay, like I, you know, sure I can wave dash and do this with SpongeBob and, you know, all this other stuff that we can play around with. But also like, you know, sometimes I just like to turn my brain off and, you know, play yeah. with items on or watch a cutscene or play through, you know, subspace emissary for the 15th time. So I think people are going to cry for a smaller roster I don't think that's the way that we go here. I think you have to kind of, I think you have to keep the whole thing intact and just keep making this game as big as humanly possible. Smash is a Damn, Katamari that's... at this point. I think, I think, I think you <laughs> have, I think bold. you have to keep going with it. You have to keep, you that's have to insane. Keep building that's, that's insane. Keeping the ship together for like all of those characters, like every interview, Sakurai is always talking about how unbelievably difficult it is to do that. Like when they first, when he first told the, the team that he made the game with like, Hey, we're going to make a new Smash Brothers game and we're only making it if we can bring back every single character. The entire team was like, oh my God, do you know how much work that means? Like, imagine doing that again after this, like after bringing everyone back, adding all these characters. It's it's a, it's an insane thing to ask for, but Kyle's insane. So yeah. you're the guy to ask for it. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel you, like if that was what happened, I would be happy with it too, of course, because everything plus more of something I already love, why not? Um so I think I might throw some people off with this because I'm really not a fan of this genre of, of uh, gaming in general. But a long time ago, Our Hungry said, we were talking about Mario Kart and how you know we were speculating about Mario Kart 9 and what he would want from that. And I remember he said that he would actually want a free-to-play version of Mario Kart. And it's like it makes so much sense from Nintendo's end because – they would make a insane amount of money doing a free-to-play Mario Kart. Who wouldn't just get that and buy a bunch of skins and buy a bunch of whatever? And I remember I had hesitancy for that. I'm like, oh, I just want my classic. Like, I pay $60. I get all this content, whatever. 
But then I started thinking about Smash Brothers. I also started playing Apex Legends, and like that's a free-to-play game, and I ended up really liking that game a lot. And now I'm kind of thinking that making a free-to-play Smash Brothers is the best way to make a sequel because it solves so many of the problems that that we have with making a Smash Brothers game. Like, first of all, the, the coolest thing to me is that you would be able to start with a small roster, right? And you'd be able to introduce characters. And because it's going to be something that's spread out as a service for years, it keeps the excitement going for a long time. And you get to really care about each addition to the game, even if it's a character that used to already be there. When you have it like a $60 package game, you have to have like 30 characters on the go because people are paying $60. But when it's free to play, you could have like a small roster and then just charge people a little bit for each one. And people don't expect there to be all this content on day one because they're getting it for free. So it gives them characters like Ganon that have just been taken advantage of for the entirety of Smash's existence. They get to like, he's not just guaranteed to be there from the start. And then they get to like redesign him and really make people excited for like, here's the Zelda drop for this month. And it's way more attention focused on the stuff that I think we just take for granted when it's packaged into the game. Does that make sense? Like you kind of, yeah. it's almost like you're making yeah. all of the characters DLC instead of just the game plus DLC. It's like everything feels like DLC. Like look how much detail they put into all the DLC characters. Imagine them doing that for all the Metroid characters. It's like, oh, next month, the Metroid update is coming to Smash. And it's like Samus, all the Metroid levels. And they took their time. They, had, they could just focus on just those things. It lets them focus on one thing at a time. And it's so much more intricate and like, you don't have these old characters trapped in their old designs. And and frankly, some of it is just lazy. Like Ganon to me was just, they did their best trying to change him over the years with like the sword stuff, but he is not representative of what he is like in Zelda at all. So would you guys be mad at like a free to play? Cause it free to play has like a really like shitty name. You know what I mean? Like people kind of go, Oh, it's free to play. Like that sucks, but I've come around on it. And I think there's a way to do that. Right. And then you can get like costumes and pay for all this other stuff. Like, would you guys want that? Or am I crazy? No, I agree a lot with what you said. I was actually having this conversation with a few of my friends over the weekend uh, in Orlando, but um, we're all kind of in agreement that like free to play might just be the wave in the future. You look at the Warner Brothers uh, multiverses game coming out. That's also going to be free to play. So I think the way you can continue to entice people to show up, like you said, one of the areas where Smash has dropped the ball is with like exclusive content like skins or like you know other smaller things along the way. So I think incentivizing your 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 uh your player base so is like oh hey like you know the game's free, you can spend your money at your own uh you know at your own leisure, you know go go crazy with it. Uh I think that's uh I think that's where gaming is heading and I'm excited to see if maybe that does come to smash one day. Yeah, I think free to play model in that sense, like, could work. It's just, for me personally, I also would want to know, like, okay, what if I just want to buy all the characters? Like, yeah. how much is it actually? Yeah. It also just becomes a logistical nightmare for tournaments because they're going to have to make sure that they have all these different switches that have the game, but also buy every single... Indi- it's already hard enough for them to get all the DLC. Now they have to, like, I mean, buy it, you know? I feel Maybe like they'll make the a... Maybe they'll make a fighter's pass like thing where it's like, hey, you could pay a hundred dollars up front, and then you just uh, you get all of the updates for free when they drop. 
You know what I mean? Like maybe there's a way around it. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, at least for now, the hardest part about running a large-scale tournament with this game would be unlocking every single character. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's hard, and it takes forever. And then it you have does. to multiply that by, as, assuming you're starting from scratch. Like, once you buy all the switches, then you have to, like, unlock all the characters and all these switches, and it just becomes a huge hassle. Like, yeah, at... But, you know, the, the thing Kyle said earlier about, like, you know, we miss Subspace Emissary and, like, we, you know, we would like, like, a, a, a proper story mode. Free-to-play solves that problem because part of the reason that we don't have that is because it's it's so much work to do up front that it's impossible to, like, jam all that into a three-year development cycle and have the game ship on time with all this content. Whereas if you spread the content out, imagine it's like, oh, every month or two months, you get the new episode of the single player story mode and there's cutscenes, and they get to just take their time with it. And Smash becomes this game that you're playing for five years and they're supporting it for five years. You know what I mean? Maybe it's an impossible thing in, in that regard to like, maybe it's not a realistic thing to expect, but there's got to be game developers out there who would love that would they'd be like dude i'll spend 10 years making a smash game i don't care like i want to work on this game it's the best game of all time and you get to work with like mario and all these other characters i'm sure they could figure it out um and and one other thing i just want to say is like a lot of times we even take mario for granted like you know how excited people get when characters get added to smash and it's like oh this big popular character it's like we take for granted that the biggest gaming character and pro- one of the biggest fictional characters ever outside of games is already in the game. Like, how hyped did you be if Mario was coming to a fighting game that you didn't expect him to come to? Like, <laughs> holy weird. crap, Mario's <laughs> yeah. a Street Fighter? Like, that'd be so weird. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> so would be strange. Like, I don't like that. So, it's so funny. Like, I want the excitement over, like, dude, the biggest guy's already here. So if you make a free-to-play thing and there's a Mario update, I want people to, like, I just want people to savor and not take for granted all the stuff Smash has. And I think spreading it out in a free-to-play model and making you enjoy one little piece at a time, I don't know, maybe that's the right way to go. Um, and then you don't get the you know spoilers, like you don't buy the game and people spoil the unlockable characters. Like It solves so many problems to make it free-to-play. Um, but we'll see. I mean, at this point, we have no clue what could possibly happen with the future of Smash. Um, it's definitely there's definitely going to be another one at some point, but Sakurai may not be involved. He may be involved. We don't know. Either way, that concludes our conversations about Smash Brothers on this podcast. This being the final episode, and that being the final time that we talk about Smash Brothers. Um, okay, moving on. We're going to talk about 2022. Uh, there's a lot of big Switch games that are coming out next year, and this year was pretty solid, I think, for Switch, but. Next year is way better. There's a, there's just so many games. So January, just a month from now, Pokemon Legends Arceus is coming out. Um, or is it Arceus, I guess? I don't know. I've, I've never known how to say that. Kyle, you're more of the Pokemon guy. Like, wh- what am I doing here? Correct me. Uh, is it Arceus? I, um, this is, you know, I haven't even asked this question in a while. I'm pretty sure it's Arceus. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, and then I, Triangle I'm gonna, Strategy. I'm going to phonetically Google this one. Told, yeah let's <laughs> see if it's arc dash e dash us um get back to me on that i'm gonna move on triangle strategy comes out in march and then advanced wars reboot camp comes out in april kirby and the forgotten land which is the first 3d platformer kirby game is coming out in the springtime so it could be march could be april 
Um, and then we have a bunch of other really big games that we don't have dates for, but we know are gonna they're guaranteed to come out next year. Um, Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope, which is a sequel to Mario Rabbids, of course. Bayonetta 3, finally coming out. Finally. Next year. Splatoon 3, that game looks sick. And we're pretty sure that Breath of the Wild 2, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, is coming out next year. Um, so those are all the big games coming out next year. I just want to get check the temperature on you guys. Like Outside of Breath of the Wild for me and AJ, and maybe even for Kyle, What's the number one game out of this list that you're like, oh my God, 2022, thank God it's here. I can't wait to play this game. Uh, AJ, what do you think? What's your what's your pick? And if it's triangle strategy, I'm going to be really fo- – like, I'm going to be surprised but not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you actually forgot one other game coming out for the Switch that I'm oh, personally excited for. Talk about Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, baby. Let's go. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that a port? It is. Yeah, it blends. Oh, okay. Man. It's like, okay, okay. This is just half joke because it is coming out on the Switch, but I'm going to be buying the Steam version. But I'm excited for that game. I just want gotcha. to bring it up. All right. Okay. The <laughs> real, 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 real answer. Um, okay. Going out of the games that we know a release date for, it's actually kind of hard for me. I'm stuck between Triangle Strategy or uh, the Pokemon Legends or the Kirby game. But you know what? I'm, I'm not going to go with Triangle Strategy. Because I feel like the other two games are trying to be very different for their series. And Project Triangle Strategy just kind of looks like uh, tactics. Like, yeah. Uh, you know uh, what's... Uh, you kind of like... Like, uh, I get it. I get what this yeah. game is going to be like. You know what those two games, tactics? Yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics, yeah. Where, like, Arceus and the Kirby game, I really don't know what's going on. Arceus, <laughs> like, even though it might just be, like, Breath of the Wild, but Pokemon, like, I've been wanting, like... Uh, like, ever since I played Xenoblade on the Wii... And, like, when you walk around the field, you see enemies, and you can choose to, like, fight them or not. I've always been like, man, I wish Pokemon had this encounter system. Like, yeah. imagine you're just walking around, and you see, like, this giant, like, uh, freaking, like, Ursaring or whatever in the forest. And you're like, do I want to fight this guy? And then you throw your Pokeball, and your Pokemon, like, fights. And that's kind of what's going on in Arceus. Like, your Pokemon battles are in there's not like a cutscene or like a loading screen they switch to like the battle like it's just there it's just in the field like you just throw your pokemon and like they you can actually get hit like there's a dodge roll in that yeah, game the fact for a that reason. you are that they're attacking you as a human is hilarious like you have to dodge pokemon from hitting you as a human <laughs> yeah so this has always been kind of a like uh uh a, a dream or i guess a, a really big expectation for the series and they're actually going in that direction but the Kirby, I can say the same thing. Like Kirby's been two D forever. It's like one of the longest running like series in Nintendo that hasn't made that like for that that's like really old that hasn't made that jump to three D. And I'm very excited to see where they take it. So I might uh, I'm gonna give it to Kirby because I honestly I have more faith that a Kirby game will be good than a Pokemon game will be good. Ooh, wow. Damn. Okay. I mean, yeah, Kirby's pretty consistently mid is what I would say. So you're right. <laughs> he's, he's got the <laughs> mid game on lock, bro. Yeah, um, like like Arceus, it could go... It, it could go Like I'm pretty excited yeah. for it, but in the back of my mind, I know like, oh, this game, there's this chance it might actually not be that good. Yeah. But Kirby, I'm like, I, I can definitely... <laughs> Kirby's definitely the safer investment. And if we're going to go with games that don't have a release date, uh, Splatoon 3, free. Glenn, you better yeah. play with me. That's oh, 100%. Yeah, and, if, and AJ, well, was I right in that, obviously, if Breath of the Wild 2 is next year, 
that would be your number one. Oh, 100%. Yeah, we're, out of the yeah, yeah, we're getting that's, we're getting rid of that. Yeah, it's, it's it's up for me too. So I'm just I'm gonna pretend that it, I'm just gonna erase it because it's just it's not interesting to say that anymore. We we want to have interesting conversation here. So it's my number one, but I'll tell you what my number two is. Kyle, what's your uh, what's your number one for 2022? Well, I am torn between Pokemon Legends Arceus. I did look up the pronunciation. Oh, it is pronounced Arceus. <laughs> so I whatever. Potato, potato. I don't really care. Um, I'm torn between that and Kirby. Two of the closest franchises to my heart outside of a certain blue hedgehog who has gone unmentioned for the most part uh, in this last episode. Very ill-fitting. Uh, oh, Sonic Kirby Frontiers. Yeah. Wait, that's yeah, coming that, to the Switch. Is that, that, is wait. It, it is. It is coming to the Switch, yeah, but so that, they yeah, showed that the PS5 version. Dude, I just that's don't... Switch version? Oh, my yeah. God. Dude, I'm I already just... looking at it like, oh, no. That... <laughs> Baby Dude, girl, were, what are you doing? That's yeah, they, they were showing when they revealed it. I was looking at it and I'm like, they're showing the PS5 version of this game. I can't wait to see what it looks like on Switch. Um, but yeah, I don't, was like, that confirmed for 2022? Uh, I, it's coming out. It's supposed to come out holiday 2022 or whatever. Gotcha. Okay. That time, so it counts. Um, I will say like I so not to spoil uh, my podcast for this week. Uh, my, on Maya's show, uh, I did talk about the uh, the reveal trailer for that game. It looks fine. Like I'm very excited that the Breath of the Wild formula has now found a way to invade Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, God, everybody's so, just on that. Yeah, yeah. We're back in the era where like everybody's trying to be like the Dark Souls or like the uh, the Skyrim of like whatever genre they're trying to be doing. So you know, Dude, the Breath how, of the like, Wild trailer is almost more influential than Breath of the Wild as a game. Like just yeah. <laughs> the shots from the trailer is where, what people are copying. They're copying like this, that camera angle, like Pokemon legends, Arceus did it. Sonic frontiers did it. A million other games have done it, but it's funny how like the trailer is so influential. Yeah. I feel like maybe because this is, I'm younger, but this is, I feel like outside of like call of duty, but this is probably like the first time in my like gaming, like, Lifetime, or I've seen a game come out and be extremely influential to like the industry as a whole. Yeah, like, like it's crazy. Yeah. Sorry, Kyle, yeah, what so, were you saying? Yeah, so, so uh, Sonic Frontiers is I'm excited for. I'm you know like like most Sonic fans were damaged goods. I'm just gonna take it with a grain of salt. I think it. I think it's cool how it looks like Breath of the Wild and Shadow of the Colossus had a baby. That's dope. <laughs> Um, I'm into that. I really like both of those games. Um, out of the games that are listed, <clears throat> that are listed here, though, uh, I'm genuinely excited for Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, I do like what I've seen from the trailers. Again, does it look a little rough around the edges? Sure. I'm excited to see how the actual game just kind of plays out because as somebody who is uh, almost beaten the Diamond and Pearl remakes, um, the games are fun, but again, this feels like out of any of the remakes, just the, the most like really cut and dry, like by the numbers, like remake, yeah. you know, it, it really does not do anything revolutionary outside of like a, a couple of bells and whistles. So also I, I did play a lot of Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield over the weekend as well, doing like Dynamax adventures with my friends. And I got to say, those games are a lot better than people <laughs> cut them out to be. I know they're different and yeah. I, I would have, I'm just like, man, like, Going trying to go back to play like Diamond and Pearl, it's just like ugh. Like these games just feel too samey. And as Damn, much as I'm, I'm enjoying I did them, not I did not think I'd hear you say that. Like because you, I've obviously like the over the shows that we've done and like we've been we recorded shows around the time they revealed Diamond and Pearl. Like that game is that generation of Pokemon is so for you. And it's oh, like, for it sure. was, you were so excited about it. And I'm sure you're probably still enjoying the game, but I just didn't expect you to like 
I didn't expect it to make you actually like X and Y and appreciate, I mean, not X and Y, appreciate Sword and Shield more in like after the fact. You know what I mean? Like it kind of made you appreciate it for being a little bit more different. Yeah, my biggest gripe with the Diamond and Pearl remix is that they're too much like Diamond and Pearl, and I would rather them be a little bit more like <laughs> Platinum. Um, which oh, is fun, but a, again, yeah. the, the and the game's is still a lot of fun, like you said. But I do appreciate those risks that the franchise did try to take, you know, with Sword and Shield, and I'm excited to see where they're going to take it with, uh, you know, where they take it with, you know, Pokemon Legends. Uh, I get I missed the regional variants. I do like that Pokemon has gone you know, into the 3d realm going back to 2d chibi style is just a little too jarring for me again. I'm, I'm not, do I regret my purchase? Not at all. Am I, but it does make me yearn for like where this franchise could go and what this game could possibly look like in the future. And I just love Kirby. I've been, a, I've been a staunch Kirby fan for my entire life. I love this character so much. Um, and I'm very excited to see one of my favorite franchises finally take its steps into 3d. Um, so yeah. I'm excited to see, what becomes of that game? You know, I, I, it's been a while since I've like really sat down and enjoyed a Kirby game. You know, uh, the 3DS games are all fantastic. Uh, I haven't played Kirk Star Allies yet because I heard that game kind of sucks. So I'm yeah. not going to way to do it. So. You don't have to play that one. It's, it's really just, okay. just easy. Yeah. That's it's, it's really, it looks great. Like it actually, it's, it's a really pretty game and stuff. It's just like, it's just very baby. Like I'm sure if it was your first video game ever, probably like a really great game. But, uh, for us seasoned vets, it's probably not the best. As a staunt Rick the Hamster fan, um, that makes me <laughs> upset. But that being said, though, uh, out of out of those three, you know, out of the three games I mentioned, I think I'm most like most excited for Pokemon because that franchise is like still, you know, I, I like I said, I've enjoyed my time playing the Diamond and Pearl remakes, but I think it's actually going to make me more excited to play like a different, you know, yeah. uh, version of Pokemon. Like I'm, again, I've been playing a lot more Sword and Shield again, so uh, it's making me. Uh, you know, really appreciate where the franchise has gone. Yeah, I got to go back to Sword and Shield. I got all the way to the end and then didn't finish it, but I've been meaning to. Um, okay, so uh, I think I'm going to surprise you guys with like my my list here. Obviously, the you know Breath of the Wild two, of course, we're not we're just taking that off the list because it's just it's number one. But outside <laughs> of that, um, Okay, so I'm excited about Kirby. First of all, all these games, except for Bayonetta 3, I'm going to buy every one of these games I mentioned, and I'm really excited for actually all of them. They're all really cool. Um, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, I, if you asked me like three months ago, I would have said this was one of the more, ones I'm more excited for. But replaying the original Advance Wars recently, maybe this remake will change some of the things I really don't like about the game. But like that game just gets so ridiculously hard in the middle that it just becomes boring because it's like too annoying to do this, like fog of war stuff. So that game got demoted. It's, it's not, I'm not as excited for that remake. Um, Kirby. I'm really curious about because again, first 3d platformer for that series. And also I just miss 3d platformers. It looks really cool, but then I'm like, ah, it's a Kirby game. And just Kirby (laughs) games are so easy. Like they're just so easy that like, and slow it's like, I just can't put myself – I'm, like, excited for it, but I'm also trying to not get my hopes up because I, I have to remember that it's still a Kirby game. Um, so for me, the the real runner-up is Pokemon Legends Arceus uh, because, man, I'm – it's just – first of all, I've heard that it's more like Monster Hunter than it is like Breath of the Wild. Like, it keeps getting um, – compared to Breath of the Wild, but it said it's more like Monster Hunter, which is really interesting comparison. And I would actually prefer that because like 
that would make the game feel manure to me. I don't want it to feel like Zelda. I, I would rather it be its own thing. Um, but this game is, it's like what AJ said, where it's like, this could go either way. And I think that's why I'm so excited. Like, I'm like, the, you know, the fact that I don't know for sure what I'm going to get out of that is really, I'm curious about it. Like, I just want to buy it and play through it and see what it's like. And like, dude, we love Pokemon. Like, it's so sad that I live in a world where I don't get excited for new Pokemon games. And because that universe is so great. And I've had such so much fun with Pokemon my whole life. But this one is kind of making me excited because I really don't know what I'm going to get. I'm a little worried that like the game will be out. It's coming out so soon, which is great, but it's going to be out a year, less than a year after it was revealed. It was revealed in February of this year and it's going to be out. Wow. And so I like that Nintendo's doing that. Like we found out about Metroid at E3 and then it was out in October, but at the, with this game, it's like this game might look like it need a little more time in the oven. Like, I'm not sure that it's going to be all there so soon. It's literally coming out in four weeks, man. So this is really, it's almost my number one. This is my second most uh, excited. My number one is Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Did that, did, does that surprise you guys at all? No, not at <laughs> not all. Not really, no. Dude, that game, the original game, Mario Rabbids, is the one of the best, like, Switch games of all time. It's so good. And, like, the fact that they're making a sequel is so sick and like they they're making it more free um like you can move around more freely on the map it's not as grid based dude i i beg anyone that hasn't tried that game the original game please try it it's always on sale you could probably find it for like 10 bucks it's so funny the writing in it is good the characters are great the cutscenes are awesome that that game is part of the reason why i'm like wow a mario brothers movie might actually work because it's that well animated. And like if it's if the Mario movie that comes out next year is anything like how funny and cool Mario Rabbids it was, um, it's gonna be great. And then the Donkey Kong DLC that they did was phenomenal. So this game Sparks of Hope, like, man, I cannot wait. Of course, Breath of the Wild's number one, but Sparks of Hope, this game is gonna be sick. Um, I'm gonna force both of you guys to play it. I'm gonna just I'm going to just mail you guys for Christmas Mario Rabbids and force you guys to sit down and play it. It's like, it's genuinely so fun. Um, have you guys tried it yet at all? I haven't, but I, if you oh got a physical God. copy, you could just lend it to me. <laughs> you know I'm all digital, bro. I know, that's why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, but yeah, so uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, definitely my number one. My number two, Mario Rabbids. My number three, Legends Arceus. And Splatoon 3 and Kirby, I'm really excited about, but I, I kind of feel like I know what I'm going to get, so I'm a little less curious. Pokemon Legends, man, uh, we're going to find out in four weeks, so we'll see. But I'm pretty excited about that, too. I think 2022, dude, it's looking looking insane for the Switch, looking really good. Um, okay, so our final topic for this week, forever, actually, our final topic just in general. <laughs> um, You're going to be crying, Glenn. Yeah, this is it, bro. This is we're we're coming in. We're for the landing, bro. Um, this year we had a lot of great Switch games. It was an awesome year for Switch players. A lot of Smash DLC, um, a lot of exclusives. Soon we got my Tensei Five, Metroid Dread. Um, we had Monster Hunter earlier in the year. There were a lot of really awesome games that came out this year. What are your guys's Nintendo game of the year for 2021? What was the game? That this year you were like, okay, this is my favorite game on the Switch this year. AJ, I want you to go first. All right. 
I when I was told I would have to answer this question, I went to my Switch and looked at the games that I bought that came out this year, and I realized it was I think it was just two. It was Metroid Dread and Breathe the Default Two. And... <laughs> oh, that came out this year. Yeah, it came out in like March. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Time is a flat circle, truly. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like I bring up Breathe the Default Two every time I come <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, dude. But Metroid Dread is, is just a better game. So I'm I'm gonna have to go with Dread. This may be like oh, of course a lot. I feel like a lot of people are gonna pick Dread if you ask them this question, considering how popular it was and how good of a game it is. But it, I, I, it is. It's very good. I can't. <laughs> I have nothing else to choose from. It's a very good game. Yeah. Even if even if I bought like five games, this would probably still be in like, in the running for like a, the best like Switch game I played this year. It's just that good. Yeah, I mean this is that's probably the only Switch game I've seen that's in most people's game of the year in general list, like not just Nintendo games, like just in general, the best games that came out 2021, most people have Metroid dread in their top five. And I think time magazine gave Metroid dread, like number one, best game of the year for, for 2021. So definitely not an unpopular opinion. Um, Kyle, what was your choice? Mr. Sonic guy. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I'll give you a hint. It wasn't a Sonic game this year. Uh, that's oh, sure. definitely not. If it was, I would have been like, what? <laughs> well, there, wasn't a, there wasn't a major Sonic release this year. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought long and hard about this because like, I also didn't buy like a whole ton of games that like came out like in, in the Lord's year 2021. Uh, I did go back through my like archives of things that I could look for. And there was one that stood out to me, and that's going to be Super Mario 3D World. Uh and plus Let's Bowser, go. Plus oh wait, that came out this year. Yes, yeah, that came out in. June, I forgot I that was like, yeah, that was like a January. Like it came out like super, super early in the year, right? Yeah, yeah. that came out. Yeah, like I said, time is a flat circle. So like I know, I know, you know, it's all starting to blend together. But that game was awesome. Again, if it wasn't for the fact that Bowser's Fury was just a dope, you know, little single player adventure. Um, you know, I still would have enjoyed my time with this game. I Mario's Super Mario 3D World is one of those games where it's like, yeah, like I never really got my full shake with that game. Like, uh, by the time it came out on the on the Wii U, my Wii U was like broken and I couldn't use it anymore. Um, and I it, it was just fun to kind of go back to a Mario platformer and kind of turn my brain off. And then Bowser's Fury just makes it totally worth the purchase. You know, just being able to like run around and in this open space, you know, play it played a lot like Odyssey without being just like Odyssey. Uh, it was totally worth it. I would love to see another mode, you know, a full game based off of this sort of, you know, experimental like half mini game. Uh, and again, I just love I'd love a good Mario platformer. I love a good 3D platformer. And uh, this definitely scratched that itch that I so desperately needed back in January. So I was really, really excited about that. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that you said that because. um, So I think most people would guess that my game of the year for the Switch this year would be Metroid Dread. And it it's the, the runner-up for me. Um, I think most people think, and I really love that game, of course. But man, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to agree with Kyle. My number one game this year, what it wasn't Mario 3D World, it was Bowser's Fury. Like, dude, wow. I thought that that was the most fun. It was short, but so was Metroid, actually. And that was just so much fun. Bowser's Fury was the best game, uh, maybe the best game I played all year on all platforms in terms of like things that came out this year. Um, man, I really feel like people sleep on it because it's this added thing. But if it had come out as its own game, 
it would have been so much bigger and people would have given it so much more attention. I just really, really like this game a lot. And like, man, I, I would replay all that again. Um, it was so much fun. I would love to see them make a full game out of that. But are you guys surprised to hear that that's like my number one? <laughs> uh, a little bit considering how much of a you're a much bigger Metroid fan than I recall you being. But also, yeah. I know I I know where you lie. You I think I'm a simp, dude. You think I'm a Samus simp. <laughs> You're surprised that you think I'm just a little, a little shill for Metroid, bro. But but you were wrong. I am I am not. I am a fair and balanced man. And and Bowser's Fury, dude, it was really really great. Like dude. it was so much fun, dude. Up until like five minutes ago, I forgot that game came out this year. So I'm yeah. very surprised <laughs> that both of you picked it. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I really thought that that was like super smart and it just solved a lot of the problems I've had with Mario games. Like Odyssey did a little bit of this too, where um, you know how like 64 and uh, Galaxy, you kind of go into a map and then you pick the mission and then you get the star and then they, they you go back out and then you start over and you pick the next mission. It's really fun and those games are great, of course, but like I that that feeling of like constantly getting thrown out of the map I don't like that. I want to keep things moving. Like moving Mario yeah. and jumping around is so fun. And Odyssey solved that problem a bit too because they just spread everything out. But dude, Bowser's Fury was just so like, I don't know how to describe it. I just couldn't stop playing it. Like it was just, I always wanted to keep going and they never pull you out of the experience. So um, man, I, 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 I like forgot too. Like honestly, I was writing up the show and I'm like, Oh, it's Metroid Dread, obviously. And then I, I was like, wait a second. Let me go make sure I make a list of the nominees just so I don't miss anything. And then I saw Bowser's Fury and I'm like, everyone forgot about this game because they're just thinking it's a port of the Wii U game, which it is. But Bowser's Fury, man, I, I almost wish that that was just Odyssey DLC or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, same. I kind of feel like they kind of packaged it with the wrong game or something. Like it just doesn't get any attention. Everyone, for, AJ literally forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I will say, it's not because I didn't enjoy my time with that game. Like, if they made a full game based around the form, like the gameplay, like formula for from uh, Bowser's Fury, I would be 100% happy. And this is coming from a guy who really, really likes the way Odyssey plays, too. So, like, either direction, I'm completely okay with. Yeah. If anything, that's one of the only critiques I have of the game is that. I like the way Odyssey controls better than the 3D world, 3D land, like because it is a little bit of a different Mario, like the way that he moves in like eight directions and stuff. Um, it's a little simplified, and you can't, you don't have access to all the jumps that you normally have in a 3D Mario game. But um, I still thought it was really, really fun, regardless. And now, just talking about it right now, I kind of just want to play Bowser's Fury, man. So um, <laughs> yeah, that that was definitely my favorite like gaming experience of the year. Some people are going to say that doesn't really qualify as a game, um, but man, it really felt like it. I don't know. I can I play it with a with controller that. in my hands. It counts as a game. Let's not get, come on, people. Yeah. What are we doing? Here? Yeah. <laughs> like is a hot right, dog, boy. a sandwich. Like, come is, on. Like, look, is look, yeah. it a microwave a game? Yeah. Yes. You can we play with a controller. Like I feel like we had that conversation before somewhere. Is is a TV a game because you have a controller and you aim at the screen and you change the channel if you don't like what you're doing? I think we just found a new podcast angle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So um, we're done. We've completed the mission. This is the end of our journey. And real quick, before we go, I do want to 
I want to give a quick recap on some stats. Like at the end of uh at the end of Sakurai's final uh, Smash Brothers presentation, he had like the stats of like here's how many levels are in the game, here's how many characters, blah blah blah. Like I want to give some stats. I want to give some special thanks um, to a lot of different people. Uh, we have 55 episodes of this podcast, over 65 hours of this podcast, about 3.3 thousand plays across all the different platforms including youtube spotify uh apple podcasts and everywhere else that the podcast has been on um we want to give a special thanks to the many guests that i've had on the show with 31 appearances the most appearances on the show very very big thank you to our hungry he's not here but he's he's there here in spirit (laughs) And he, actually, he's in AJ's apartment in the other room, so he is kind of here. <laughs> well, he's not back yet, but oh damn! If we keep stalling, maybe he'll show up and make a guest appearance. That would <laughs> walk hype. into my room, like what up, um, guys? That'd be hype. And then second most appearances on the show. A very big special thank you to Koopa, Mr. Kyle Reels himself, with a staggering twenty-four appearances on the show, including this episode. So second place, 31 for Our Hungry, 24 for Koopa. Koopa, thank you very much. You know I love you to death. And you've you've come in clutch so many times to do the show and to be supportive. And you're just the, the man. So here's your flowers, bro. I just want you to have them. I'm going to put some clapping and some cheering editing into this right here. <laughs> 24 yeah, appearances, bro. Thank you. Well, number one, number one, it's officially on the internet forever that you, you said that you love me. So uh, that that's worth its weight in gold. Wait, wait, wait. You cut out for a second. Say that again. I was going to say it's 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 uh, it's forever on the internet that you said that you love me. So that's uh, <laughs> that, that, that that one's staying in the archives forever. You know, things that you say on the internet stay are there for the rest of your life. But uh, listen, I've, I've said this time and time again. You know, you are truly one of the most creative people that I know. You're you're you know, you're constantly trying to find you know uh you know a new hip way to keep your brain stimulated and i gotta say i'm incredibly proud of you you know for doing this for as long as you have as someone that also hosts the podcast that does all the editing all the sound mixing everything that goes with it i know how hard it is and i know that you've you know i'm I'm very proud of the product you've been able to put together and uh i'm very happy to have been a part of it so uh congratulations on a great run um and you know I, I, I hope that, you know, if you choose to come back to the me- medium again, that I'll continue to uh, outlast Julio on the podcast. So somehow. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. Very, very kind words. Don't make me tear up, man. You're an asshole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Got him. In third place, in terms of guest appearances, uh, I wish I had brought him on much sooner. Mr. Air Gordon with six, six appearances on the podcast, including this one. Um, it feels like you've been here forever, but it's actually only six episodes, which is crazy. So, Are Hungry at 31, Koopa with 24, and uh, AJ with six. You guys are the only ones who have been on the show more than one time. Um, AJ, thank you so much. You've come in clutch again as well. You've been really awesome. You're always sharp. You always have good answers. You're just great to have on the show. You're one of my best friends ever. Love you to death, pal. Thanks again. And uh, yeah, just like Kyle, I want you to have your flowers for supporting and being awesome. And 
yeah. You're also a short supporter. Just like yeah. you and Kyle have also supported the show financially. So I have to also give you guys like the extra big mega thanks on top of that. So there you go. You're you're thank you so much, sir. Yeah, I just wanna thank you. At, at least for me, I was mostly my experience with this podcast mostly has been like from the viewer perspective. And I have to say I, I definitely enjoyed like basically every episode. Like it is always fun to listen to your podcast and your opinions. And uh I, I think I, I, I think I've said this to you in person, but I feel like you and Hungry have always had like really good chemistry. So like, whenever you two had him, whenever you had him on the show and you guys went at like a certain topic, I always thought it was very interesting to follow along. So thank you so much for you know giving me hours of entertainment. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it very, very much. Um, and then all with one appearance on the show, our friend GWJ. He was on the Xenon episode. Uh, which is actually probably our most popular episode of the podcast, depending on what platform you measure on. Um, go check that out. We just cover Zelda conspiracy theories. He's like a Zelda lore keeper guy, and he's super interesting conversation for, for anyone who wants to check that out. So very special thank you to GWJ. And also on one episode, uh, Dakota Dak, the Metroid extraordinaire uh, god <laughs> he has his own metroid podcast also um he was on not too long ago for the too much dread episode which was just uh just like two months ago so check that out as well that was before metroid dread came out um so yeah those are all the guest appearances right 31 for our hungry 24 for koopa uh six for aj one for gwj one for dak thank you guys very much and now i want to thank the show producers and supporters um we already thanked aj and koopa they supported the show very big shout out to shannon w he's been a supporter as well uh christopher c thank you very much you were one of the earliest uh supporters angel e thank you as well again another like day one guy um mr nair mr nair i want to give you like the biggest shout out ever because mr nair is like one of the few people who like supported the show and was always engaging with the show. He's so passionate about the show. We talk all the time about Nintendo stuff. And like, he's just such a big Nintendo fan. He's always been so supportive and stuff. And uh, dude, I love you very much. Thank you for supporting. I never, we never even met in real life. So our friendship means a lot to me and your support means a lot to me. And uh, I wanna give you a special shout out. And then of course, my good friend, Marina B. Uh, she's been a store supporter since day one as well. She's always talking to me about the show and contributing ideas and stuff like that. <laughs> I want to thank you for supporting. But we have to give like the extra, extra, extra thank you to the producers. <laughs> These are the people who kept like doing the show. It wasn't, it was kind of hard financially sometimes because, you know, it was through the pandemic. I, I didn't always have work. And these are the people who really kept the show going um, in earnest. Uh, so I want to give a super, the biggest, these are the biggest thank yous, like Kyle and AJ. Of course, I thank you, but these thank yous are in all caps, okay? You guys got the lowercase <laughs> thank yous. Here's the all caps thank yous. Naomi E, super big producer. Thank you very much. In a yellow flash, my homie, my bro, I love you so much. Thank you. And of course, the legendary Riz. Who we all love. Everybody Dick, loves Riz. Dick Wolf Riz himself? is the goat. Yeah. Let's go, the Riz. Absolute, the absolute goat producer of all time. Uh, he's the best. I love you so much. Thank you guys for supporting. 
in any way, shape and form. Um, and I promise you, you know, I'm going to be doing a lot of other creative things in the future. If you enjoyed this show, it won't be in this form, you know, this form, I, I can't, you know, given life stuff and how much work it is. It's, it's a little, it's not the right format, but I promise, um, there will be more things to come. So for the final time we say goodbye and we close out the year, close out the show. And thank you guys again. Thanks all the listeners. Even if you weren't in the, in the show producers or you weren't a, a formal supporter, just a listener, uh, lowercase thank yous to you and your family and have a good holiday. Have a good life. Have a good year. I promise we'll talk again. You can follow me on Twitter at super Glentendo. And you can follow Koopa, the host of the Koopa podcast at Koopa NJ. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. And you can follow the show at Cooped Up Pod uh, on Twitter and across all your favorite listening platforms. Uh, my episode this week, I review Spider-Man No Way Home with Riz, a show producer and one of my other friends. <laughs> so uh, you guys can look forward to that. And of course, Mr. Exquisite Gamer, Air Gordon. You can follow him on Twitter at SSB underscore Air Gordon. Air Gordon, thank you. Is there anything you want to plug? And your stream, perhaps, or anything yeah. else that you follow fancy. me on Twitch at air underscore Gordon underscore. Uh, I'll stream there again eventually. It's been a while. Uh, I've been busy, <laughs> but I'll get back. <laughs> I promise. I promise. <laughs> All right, guys. As our final word, we're finally done with this. On three, I want to hear one, two, three buns. Okay, I'm gonna count. <laughs> one, two, three buns. 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 Ha, 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 ha.